Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at TCKpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Sky and Lucas back with you for another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is the official first game of the 2020 NFL season. Lucas, I can't believe we actually made it to the finish line, man. How you feeling? Feeling good. Got back from spring break. Free agency happened. Been like six months. The world might have ended a couple times, but we finally, finally have football. And I am I don't know. I, I heard on a podcast today the person was nervous for week one. I think that's kind of how I am. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, everything could crumble because we don't have any preseason to go off of. Like, all these guys that were hyping up, like Zach Moss and stuff like that, could just be so bad, and we'd have no way to know except for week one right when it happens. So, nervous but super excited to watch some football. Listening back to you and Dwayne break down the Stat Rat podcast on Tuesday, talking about Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. Then you and I talked about Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack yesterday. I've been like excited to put him in my lineups because Jacksonville's terrible and he only he only takes one 40-yard run to get value. I've also been terrified to put him in my lineup because maybe he gets six carries for 17 yeah. yards. There's going to be a lot of those situations. Washington picked up Dari, or I'm sorry, Jacksonville. Picked up Dario Gumbawale now, another pass-catching running back, right? Who are we actually going to see as the starter there? What are they going to do in Tampa Bay? What are they going to be doing in Washington? I mean, there's just so many questions. Detroit now is a mess, even Indianapolis, right? It's like the Rams. I mean, there's so many backfields that people are really excited for in general, but what are they actually going to do in these backfields here in week one? Uh, I could see a lot of them being a committee versus just giving the keys to somebody unless it's the veteran, but in those situations, a lot of times that veteran isn't the sexy pick, such as Marlon Mack over Jonathan Taylor for fantasy purposes. So week one is always a doozy, man. We see it last year, uh, basically the top, the two top wide receivers last year in week one, uh, or I think the top three were John Ross, Sammy Watkins, and Deshaun Jackson. Yep. None yep. of them made it basically past week three last year in any effectiveness. So that's just how week one goes every single season. Nonetheless, man, I'm excited about it. Thursday night football is back. The Houston Texans try to get some sort of revenge against the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they're going to be able to do it, but Houston did beat Kansas City in the regular season last year. Of course, they gave up a 24-0 lead to Kansas City in the playoffs, and the rest is history there. So we'll see what they can bring this year. But before we dive into that, Lucas, this is episode 258, closing on 260. Very, very excited to bring in another full season here of the TCK pod. If you're new to the program, this is week one. So you may just be kind of dusting off your podcast or you're coming back to us. Maybe you listened to us up until the end of the season, took the summer off, had some other things going on. Um, and maybe you're just diving back into us. So if you're fresh 
to the podcast, the TCK pod or the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We welcome you in or we welcome you back. We're excited to have everybody with us. For those of you in the Listener League, stay tuned tomorrow. We have a great episode for you. We're going to bring on the Commission Boys to help us preview those for week one. We're excited about those two leagues this year. And also those of you rolling in for the draft guide, make sure to copy yourself a copy. Still just five bucks there for the in-season draft guide. And make sure to also get a hold of Dwayne. That's at Dweez Nuts, all Z's, no S's on Twitter. You can hit him up for his new game as well, kind of a DFS um, best ball format that he's been repping on our podcast for a while as well. So you can hit him up for a new format there. So we got a lot of fun things for you. We're excited to get into this. As we did let yesterday, Lucas, we're going to break down our afternoon games. We only have three per usual. There's not many afternoon games, but we do have four night games to cover. That's tonight's game. Again, Houston at Kansas City. Also Sunday night football and two games on Monday night football. I love the tradition that Monday night football has had the last few years of having um, two different Monday night games. And if I'm not mistaken, you would know better than I do, but I believe that the Denver Broncos have been on Monday night football to open the season for the last handful of years, maybe. Yeah, they, they normally do get that game due to the the time switch. I guess your time switch uh, for the – it's usually the Chargers or Raiders who they end up playing. Um, so, obviously not the Raiders now, but the, they used to be uh, over by you. So, you're two hours behind. So, while I'm going to bed at 1 a.m., you're going to bed at a normal time for those games. <laughs> but, no, yeah, it's definitely – I don't know. I, I don't know if I like it because it singles out, like, the final game of the week and, like, everything is happening now. I got to wait for my team to win when like I'd rather have my team win and then the rest of the week happens. So I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but you just got to kind of get used to it uh, that it's been happening for so long. A couple of years ago, I happened to be in Hawaii during football season and I had a good buddy over there who's a big football fan. And we got up at 7 a.m. to uh, kick off our, our, uh, our weekly just Sunday game. It was a random week, probably like week five or something. I happened to be over in Hawaii and uh, we started our games at 7 a.m. So um I like the 10 a.m. start here on the West Coast, but uh, 7 a.m.'s pushing it a little bit. It was crazy because basically the games of the day were over uh, before dinner. It was it was kind of a trip. So, all right, man, let's jump into this. We got a handful of games to cover. We talked about DeAndre Hopkins yesterday and the contracts there. We talked about Kareem Hunt also as well. We got a couple injuries to get into today. Unfortunately, we just mentioned we do have a handful of situations going down for week one. But let's get into these seven games here for the later slates on Sunday, tonight as well, and Monday. All right, Lucas, let's kick it off with tonight's game. That's Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Houston pretty much has a total overhaul. Again, they get rid of New Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins goes to Arizona, gets re-signed, as we said yesterday, for a few more years. He's now over in Arizona for at least five seasons, um, which is a great pickup for them, obviously. They get David Johnson back in return. Um, you know, there's obviously there's it was kind of the uh, perplexing move of the offseason, but David Johnson looks good so far. If he can actually dust off the rust and get back to even 80% of his 2016 self, he should be a great value in the fourth, fifth round of a lot of people's drafts. So that'll be interesting to see. They have a plethora of other weapons there in the wide receiver core, but Brandon Cooks coming over from the Los Angeles Rams already banged up, questionable at best for week one. Not sure that he's going to play. So then it's going to come up to Randall Cobb, who's another new guy coming in from Dallas. And uh, of course, Will Fuller there as long as he's healthy. Deshaun Watson, we know, of course. On the other side, the Chiefs are the Chiefs, man. They just get better bringing in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU in the draft. Um, other than that, they bring back all of their studs, of course, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. So 
for fantasy football, man, I feel like this is a this is kind of a run and gun start them all, right? Yeah, it's kind of like a a weird, like confusing sort of like puzzle piece, though, and you kind of like break it down based on matchups. So Tyree Kill, obviously, you're starting, but he has the second highest uh, matchup advantage against Bradley Roby, who get this got absolutely torched in yards per reception on deep balls last year. So we're all expecting. Uh, Tyreek have a big game. I ranked him at number three at the receiver three this week behind uh, Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. Then we have the whole, is it Demarcus Robinson? Is it Sammy Watkins? Is it McCole Hardman? And I, I think my advice would be, if possible, none of them. I don't mind Watkins, though, because he will be going against Vernon Hargraves, who we all know how Vernon Hargraves is at this point in his football career. But I don't know – Who's going to be playing the slot? We don't know if Robinson's going to start, if Hardman's going to start. There's no way of actually knowing it. So we're just going to find that out tomorrow. So I think it'd be Watkins if I had to pick. But if possible, just shy away. Uh, come, We'll revisit it back on Monday on StatRat with the snap counts and the, the opportunities and all those things. Um, that'll be a busy episode due to the, the uh, questionable, I guess, projections we've had, we have to make right now. Um, for the Houston receivers, we, we legit have no depth chart. There's one on their site, but whatever. Everyone has to publish one. J.D. McKissick's the starting running back, whatever. The whole That whole thing. I'd imagine the starting two were Fuller and Cooks. But if Cooks doesn't start, which if he was questionable today, like the chance of him playing tomorrow, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Cobb's the backup to him. I don't know if Cobb plays the slot. I don't know if Stills plays the slot. I don't know if Kute plays the slot. So Fuller, you're smashing in. He will have kind of a tough matchup against uh, Char- Charvarius Ward if uh, Cooks does get sit out or injured, whatever. Um, so I like Fuller the most, but I think Cobb is definitely a sneaky play if Cooks were to be out because Cobb would be forced to play outside, kind of a narrative, I guess, that you have to follow. But that would mean that Ward would switch over to Fuller leaving uh, backup corner because Rashad Breland is suspended, uh, Rashad Fenton for Cobb. So – that being said, it's a big puzzle piece. I don't really know how to give a full answer, I guess, but I would say just monitor the Cook situation. Um, maybe pivot to Cobb if you need to and maybe a deeper league or if he, I don't know, is your flex for some reason. But Fuller, Kelsey, Mahomes, Watson, Lacamole, and both running backs. Um, David jo- I'm excited to see David Johnson in the way that he's used to. I think this will be kind of a – I don't know. There's, there's going to be a lot of discussion on how this offense is ran week one for the Texans because we, we frankly just don't have any clue who's going to run it, uh, who's going to start, all that stuff. So I'm definitely intrigued to see. I'm definitely intrigued to see what happens more than try and say what's going to happen. 2017, Kareem Hunt had four touchdowns opening night against the Patriots. What would you predict Clyde Edwards Hilaire's stat line would be? Yeah, that, that's the. The the thing I've been saying all offseason for the people, uh, aka just Tyler, that think Alaire is not a good running back. That number last time, uh, that a that a rookie running back played an opening night. Um, I have Alaire ranked at eleven right now because I, I don't, part of me wants to say that it's going to be ease into the situation, but then part of me could see him playing eighty percent of the snaps. Daryl Williams is the backup. Um, DeAndre Washington got cut. And I kind of think that means something considering they brought in DeAndre Washington literally the day after he got cut. So for Williams to beat him out and force Washington to get, get cut, he would have been playing pretty good. Um, 
But that being said, I think I think there was a stat last year where every time Mahomes played or every game Mahomes played, a running back has scored a touchdown or like the running back has scored a touchdown. So that has to mean something for a layer. So lock him in as an RB1 this week. It's just a matter of, I think, how high or how low on that one through, what is that, like 14 to 15 range he actually is. I totally agree. We're going to get into our pick at the end of the episode per usual. Um, and, you know, probably no surprise here uh, with the pick However, my question is, do you think this is a blowout either way, or do you think it's a kind of a kind of a boat race? Uh, no, I think this is going to be kind of a – I don't think it's going to be a blowout per se. I don't know, like, the final score, but I think it's going to be just I – think, I think it's going to be kind of what we saw. I know it was 24 nothing uh, in the playoffs, and then the Houston blew the lead, but I, I think it would be definitely a closer game, especially because if Rashad Breland's out, the, the Kins, and uh, Juan Thornhill, this Kansas City secondary is – uh, a little bit sort of lopsided with having uh, one good corner and the rest is just kind of subpar and then obviously Tyron Matthew. So I, I hope it's a close game, uh, but I could see the Chiefs kind of giving them a run for their money possibly. Like I, like I said early at the top of the podcast here, Houston did beat them in preseason last year. They also were up 24 nothing in the playoffs, hit a glitch, had a turnover, couldn't stop them. Mahomes ended up running them for 51 after that. So it's uh, kind of one-to-one here, but I do think this is going to be a close game. All right, man, let's move on to the afternoon games here on Sunday. Everybody enjoy the game tonight here. Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome to football in 2020. Let's dive into the Sunday afternoon games. We'll start with the LA Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals on the Chargers side to get rid of Philip Rivers, of course, down there with the Colts in Indianapolis. Eckler is definitely the man this year. He, of course, kicked off last year as well as Melvin Gordon uh, held out. But now Melvin Gordon is with your Broncos. So Eckler is the man. They also bring in Joshua Kelly, who I think is a nice thumper on the goal line. And Justin Jackson is right behind Eckler as well. They, you know, signed a great uh, extension for Keenan Allen. And the Mike Williams, who's actually one of my favorite just straight up receivers in the NFL, can't stay healthy, man. So with him unable to go most likely, or at least just not being 100%, Keenan Allen should eat for sure. Big question on Hunter Henry. I'd like to hear that from you. And then on the other side with the Bengals, really just a fresh upstart team, man. I, I think the the entire NFL, unless you for some reason are with a team probably in the AFC North that just doesn't root for the Bengals because they're a rivalry, the rest of the NFL has to root for the Bengals. Why not? <laughs> you know, like Burrow's a likable kid. The rest of his team's a likable uh, team. They haven't won anything in forever, and they have a lot of talent here. So I'm very excited about that. Joe Burrow, of course, getting his NFL debut as a rookie against a great secondary with the Chargers. Joe Mixon just got paid. A.J. Green, hopefully healthy enough to get going and be productive. Tyler Boyd should have a huge season this year, plus their other receivers. This is, again, I think going to be maybe not a great NFL game, but for fantasy purposes, I, I feel like you can kind of fire up everybody, including potentially Tyrod Taylor, who's not a sexy name necessarily for fantasy football, uh, but he has a nice rushing floor. And uh, I could see him putting up two, three total touchdowns against the Bengals. Yeah, both these teams have really good defensive lines. Uh, the Bengals made good additions on top of what they already had. So the, the kind of the O-line sort of advantages are – virtually none but that being said if, if both teams have a disadvantage is there really a disadvantage kind of in a way so I think it's I think it's going to be lower scoring than we kind of imagine um Joe Burrow th- this is a tough matchup week one you got to come in here week one with no preseason and go against probably the best secondary 
or second behind the Ravens in the league. And I know Derwin James getting hurt obviously uh, helps his chances, but they still have Chris Harris, uh, Casey Hayward, and I guess Desmond King, but now he might have to play more if he's not starting. And I, I can't remember the other guy um, they have, uh, but now Kenneth Murray too. So I think I'm tempering my expectations on Burrow per se, more like he's a, I don't even know if he really was a starter, like locked in, but I think he's like a lower end streamer in a way. Um, the lock in Nixon, I guess lock in AJ Green. You have to lock in AJ Green if you drafted him at this point, if he's healthy for week one. Lock in Boyd. I'd kind of limit it at that because um, we don't really know. Because Higgins isn't starting apparently. I think John Ross is the third receiver, and then Auden Tate's still going to get work. So we kind of have to just kind of watch how that goes. On the Chargers side, yeah, lock in Eckler. Uh, Keenan Allen, for some reason, was going. I was getting him as, like, my fourth receiver on all my fantasy teams this year. Don't know why. Um, he's if, if no Mike Williams, Keenan Allen might get 15 targets this week, and that's going to turn into a wide receiver one yep. uh, week or season just in general. And then uh, Hunter Henry is a really good matchup. Bengals linebackers are uh, more of a run-stopping linebacker. They're, they're basically the Broncos. They stop the run. They can never cover the pass against the tight end. So, Lock him in this week, and yeah, Tyrod. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's better options. Maybe in a deeper league, you had to take like a quarterback or something. But I feel like there's definitely better options. And Josh Kelly, yeah. So apparently he's fully taken this second running back role. It seems like, which is not um, not what we predicted at first. But I think as the offseason kind of progressed, I was like, yeah, that kind of makes a lot of sense that they would draft this guy in the fourth round after paying Austin Eckler. So. I think he's a sneaky flex start this week, but I think he's going to be a flex start going forward. I have him in virtually almost every league that I'm in. So I think he's definitely a decent uh, flyer this week. I think that's a great call. And I'm really excited to actually see what Joshua Kelly is able to do. He's a beast. Dude was a truck at UCLA. I think he's going to be fine. I said last year before Eckler became Eckler, frankly, that was kind of the debate behind him with Justin Jackson and Melvin Gordon and things as we were getting to this point of the season last year. And I was saying multiple times that I thought that Justin Jackson was just as talented overall as uh, Austin Eckler. Um, obviously, Justin Jackson got hurt. Eckler got the start. He was basically the number one running back over the first four games and then really just dominated throughout the season and basically kicked <laughs> Melvin Gordon out of town there for the Chargers. So I think that's going to be huge. I am very excited to see what the Bengals could do. I think this is a really rough game for Joe Burrow to have his NFL debut. However, kid's a winner. He played at LSU, the biggest stage in college football. He did win the Heisman Trophy. He did set records. He did play on the biggest stage with the target on his back the entire season, playing in the best conference in college football last year, playing against basically NFL defenses for the most part as well. Number one pick overall, all the hype. I mean, he's handled everything very, very well. He's got like, in my opinion, he's got the right uh, combination of confidence and a little bit of cockiness, but kind of like a Kobe Bryant vibe where it's like he's cocky because he knows he's that good. He's, he doesn't just kind of like run his mouth kind of a thing, which I respect. Um, now he's got to prove it in the pros, of course. But if he can come out and if the Bengals somehow can pull this win off, this is a huge, huge move for not only him, but this franchise in general. And I think it could really kick off something pretty incredible uh, in Cincinnati moving forward, even if they lose this game. But if he plays well, minimizes turnovers, I think overall uh, the Bengals could, could really surprise this year. So I'm excited to actually watch this game uh, for fantasy in general. And again, it's one of three afternoon games. Uh, looks like the premier game on CBS. So we should all be getting that one, but I'm excited to see that there. All right, man, let's move on here. Tampa Bay at new Orleans. Now, 
comes up today uh, that Mike Evans is battling a hamstring injury. We got to talk about this right off the top because not only is he a uh, premier receiver in this game um, that can make a huge difference if he's out or if he's not at a hundred percent, but he frankly was a third round pick latest in every fantasy draft. Um, him and Chris Godwin are basically considered the number one duo in fantasy football, a huge asset for Tom Brady, who comes in from new England, of course, a great compliment to Chris Godwin, allowing him to be a true number two, getting, you know, one-on-one coverage, which he just absolutely destroys with Mike Evans drawing the double coverage and the high over safety. Um, let's talk about this right away, man. And then we'll kind of break down the game. What is the significance of this Mike Evans hamstring injury? And as of this recording, unless you know something, I don't, he's not definitely in or definitely out. It sounds like he's truly a game time decision as we record this podcast, but let's run two scenarios, man. If he's out, you obviously don't play him in your fantasy lineup, but what does that mean for Brady? What does that mean for Godwin? And if he's in, are you confident with hamstrings in general that he, he pulled up a hammy last year and lost the uh, final four games of the season, I believe, to a hamstring. Eight months later, he's got the same issue. Even if he plays, are you confident enough in week one against probably Marshawn Lattimore to play him with confidence? Yeah, this is tough because Lattimore was so up and down last year. And I'm really looking forward to the Chris Godwin and uh, Janoris Jenkins. Um, whatever the nicest word for obliteration on Janoris Jenkins is, because he is he is bad. He's very, very bad. Godwin has the, the easiest matchup advantage. That being said, if Edmonds goes out, that moves Lattimore over to Godwin. So what does that mean for his fantasy value? Uh, this is this – is, yeah, this is not good. Um, I – you can't start the backup receivers for the Bucks if Evans goes out. That doesn't increase their – because, I mean, who is the backup receiver? Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller. I, I don't know. It's probably Gronk, I guess. Gronk would see an improvement, as gross as that is to say it. But he's might be the third in snaps. So, does that mean Cameron Braid sees an improvement? We, we don't really know. Um, so, it's kind of like a bad sort of timing for this to happen without knowing sort of the pecking order of targets and the actual depth chart. So, if he is active um, – I would say if there's any news that he's limited, I would probably end up benching him because things like this don't pop up on a Wednesday when we're recording and then like he's fine or he's limited. Like when it, when it what pops up on Wednesday and he's limited, that often means he's bad or it's bad news. So I'd probably just shy away if, if possible. Obviously you don't, don't sit him for, I don't know, ra- random player that you just think because he's playing or whatever. But I think Godwin as of now is locked in for a top five, top six week just due to the matchup. Brady should be fine as a QB1. On the flip side, Bree should be fine as a QB1. Start Kamara. Obviously start Michael Thomas. Um, maybe Jared Cook. I think he's in the streaming category this week. Um, but besides that, really to start your main guys that you wouldn't have any question. Uh, but I guess just monitor Mike Evans' situation. We'll be streaming on Sunday on YouTube. So I, I hope we don't have to cover it per se, I guess. But uh, we will be if, if the news is applicable there. Let's dive a little bit deeper into the Tampa Bay backfield. Is it Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones? What are we doing? I, me and Dwayne said that we're going to be playing Jones over Fournette this week um, just due to the situation, the, the, the timing of when he came over. It sounds like Fournette's going to have a decent role, but it also sounds like it's Rojo's role to lose, I guess, week one. Ultimately, Fournette's the starter. Like, they wouldn't have brought him in if he wasn't. But I think Rojo this week um, – but I don't feel any more confident than a flex play. I think I had him at like 26, 27 in my rankings. 
So, I mean, wh- where you probably drafted him when drafts were happening, like round five or six, you kind of have to start him. But definitely um, check back on Monday on the snap counts and all that stuff, or Tuesday, I guess, when it comes out. And we will uh, kind of have to recap. That'll probably be one of the biggest topics to see if the, the payoff for either end really was worth it. And this is going to be interesting because this is fantasy football week one, 101, right? There is definitely a world where Ronald Jones gets 23 touches for 96 yards but doesn't score. Leonard Fournette gets five carries for three rushing touchdowns. <laughs> and yeah. we, we know that obviously that would put Leonard Fournette ahead of Rojo as far as fantasy points, but then you look at the production, who's actually getting the lead role. I kind of see that happening, to be honest. I mean, Leonard Fournette's a truck. I know he only scored three touchdowns last year. I get it. Tampa Bay's offense and Jacksonville's offense are, are not even comparable, in my opinion, especially with Tom Brady at the helm because they know that he can play action, he can throw to Gronk and whatever. So I think um, there's definitely a possibility that both of these guys do well, but I do agree that if you, if you have to start one of them, it's Rojo now, but I would not be surprised if Leonard Fournette uh, gets a good run or two or, or has a couple uh, stumble in touchdowns early. Um, let's talk about your boy Gronkowski really quick in deeper leagues as far as a streaming option. Um, we know that you're not hot on him overall in the season, but again, if Mike Evans misses, this is just another reason for Tom Brady to look at Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm not high on him per se, but you have to start him. I mean, like you can't draft an eighth round tight end and then sit him week one. Like the, the process on that, uh, is not good per se. I, I really think when I reference like snap counts and stuff, I mean, yeah, that that's great, but he's going to be in the red zone. He's probably going to catch touchdowns. I just, for my, for the sake of me, I just can't act like I want to play Gronk, I guess every week. Um, but, but you got to start him if you have him. Uh, I think you're, you, ha- you basically have to start him every week unless obviously he's not good. But, the, yeah, the reason behind drafting him and then asking yourself if you want to sit him is definitely not what you should be doing. Fair enough. All right. So pretty much firing up everybody in this game. I think it's going to be a, a wonderful, wonderful game. We're going to talk about our pickums in just a minute, but uh, I think it's going to be very close no matter what. Two future Hall of Famers absolutely dueling it out twice now in the NFC South. Excited about that. Let's talk about another divisional game here. Arizona Cardinals at the 49ers. Of course, the 49ers five yards away from a Super Bowl victory. Um, They come up short, of course, but arguably the best defense this side of New England. Last year, Arizona reloads. They get New Hopkins, of course, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, tie him down for five seasons. Um, They get rid of David Johnson, but they still have Kenyon Drake, who was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, 800 yards and eight touchdowns over the last eight games last year when he came over to Arizona. Kyler Murray looking to take another big step. They still got Larry Fitz and and Christian Kirk. On the other side, the 49ers stay in pat. They pretty much stay the same. It looks like Debo Samuel is on track to play. That's going to be interesting there. Um, George Kittle, of course, uh, dealing with a hamstring himself, but he should be good to go. And then, of course, a plethora of running backs and Jimmy Garoppolo for uh, super flex league. So let's start with the Arizona Cardinals, man. Again, I mean, I'm a 49er guy. I'm rooting for the Niners no matter what here, but um, my non 49er team in the NFC is the Arizona Cardinals, man. When they don't play the Niners, I'm rooting for them every year. They're a super fun young team. And I think they could do real great things. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for this game on multiple aspects. I mean, one, I, I bet the Cardinals plus seven. Um, I guess I'm just excited to see if they really can become this playoff team. But I so last year, really the, the Cardinals, and I'm sure you can attest to this, gave the Niners a run for their money both both games. Twice, um, yep. Just 
it, it makes sense why they would. The, 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 the Niners defense is more of like a structured pro to defend your typical pro style defense, which, which more often than not, like we saw last year, is, is going to work 95% of the time. They, they still came out on top because they are the better team in this matchup. Jimmy G last year against the Cardinals had 32 points in the first matchup, 33.9 in the next matchup. Three games last year, over 100, 300 passing yards. Two of them were against the Cardinals. Just lock him into every lineup you have. DFS, lock him in. Any props, lock the over. Like it's this is going to be a very exciting offensive game. Uh, I I don't want to say I Kittle. I mean the whole uh, Arizona on the tight ends. I I think it is fair for week one. Isaiah Simmons is there, but I think he's playing safety. I don't really know, so we'll kind of have to reevaluate that. Um, and we'll have the whole range of outcomes tool and whatnot by week three or going into week three to really show if that is true. Um, but Kittle's in this match this week. I did rank him as my number one tight end. Uh, the receiver situation, um, I'll, I'll say wait till Sunday because I, I don't know because it sounds like Debo could possibly play. Ayuk's kind of banged up. Kendrick Bourne is kind of a sneaky flex play in a deeper league for sure, but it kind of just in a normal league, he could be viable if those guys are out. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And on the flip side, um, Kenny Drake might be kind of limited week one, but uh, I, I'm lowering down Kyler. I think I haven't like 13 this week. I just think that the ceiling is not there in this type of game. Um, but Hopkins has a tough matchup against Sherman, but Kirk, uh, you guys got to fire them both up. Okay. So we're going Heem Mostert for the 49ers. Is there anybody else? I mean, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, is there any reason to consider somebody else in the 49ers backfield? Well, in like 65% of my lineups, they're all zero RB builds. So I'm starting McKinnon in most of them. Um, but you just got to embrace the variance with those. But I, hmm, that's a tough call because I want to say start McKinnon, but that's just off a hunch of how I think he's going to be used. So I, hmm, um, I, to, be, to be safe, I would say stick with Mostert. We'll have to reevaluate the snap counts and all that stuff back on, on Tuesday. But if you absolutely have to start McKinnon, then definitely don't feel bad about doing it because he's, he's only received positive hype this offseason. Yep, I agree. And uh, I'm, I'm Raheem Mostert all day. I've been on record for last year saying that, you know, Tevin Coleman basically has no business being on this team. I think that if Jarek McKinnon was healthy all year last year and was every bit as good as Tevin Coleman, which he would have been, we would have got rid of – we, 49ers, would have gotten rid of Tevin Coleman this year. I think Jeff Wilson is just fine. They also have two uh, UDFAs – or one now, I guess, they got rid of Ahmed. But they have Hasty as well, who I think is great. So I think Tevin Coleman's going to be a nice trade piece for the 49ers midseason, to be honest with you. So I agree with you. As long as he can be healthy, Jerick McKinnon could be a nice streamer, if you will, at the uh, running back position. But week one, again, for the most part, you got to roll with your studs, and that is uh, Raheem Mostert. All right, man, let's dive into the Sunday night game. So we only have three afternoon games, Chargers, Bengals, Buccaneers, Saints, Cardinals, 49ers. Sunday night game, Dallas and the Rams. This is a big one. Dallas, of course, just comes in another, you know, I mean, they'll probably be eight and eight on the season, but they have an incredible team for fantasy football purposes. Dak, top three quarterback for most people. Zeke Elliott, top three running back for most people. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, one of the best duos in fantasy football. Oh, yeah arguably the best rookie receiver in this draft class, depending on who you talk to. CeeDee Lamb goes to that uh, wide receiver draft core. And I think one of the biggest sleeper tight ends this particular season is uh, Blake Jarwin, who takes over for 
Jason Witten. Jason Witten is pushing 40 years old, came out of the booth last year and accidentally ended up tight end 11. Blake Jarwin, I think, could blow that out of the water, potentially be a top eight tight end, pretty much going undrafted right now. On the other side of the ball, we've got Jared Goff, who plays very good at home, not very good on the road, but very good at home. Cooper Cup looking to potentially get an extension. He was a little banged up this offseason, but he should be fine. Robert Woods, you and I both love Robert Woods. We expect him to eat no matter what. I'm interested to hear how you feel about this backfield. Then you've been touting kind of Gerald Everett, which most people are like, who the hell is Gerald Everett? Well, he was the guy that kept <laughs> he was the guy that kept uh, Tyler Higby on the bench for the first half of the season until he got injured. Higby got a chance to be George Kittle and blew up down the stretch. So I'm excited to kind of see how that tight end runs out uh, there for the Rams. So a bunch of questions for you, Lucas. We'll start with the Dallas Cowboys here. Um, are you starting all three receivers? If not, who are you more excited to play, Amari Cooper or Michael Gallup? And then, of course, you're starting Dak, you're starting Zeke. Um, and uh, would you throw out Blake Jarwin if you had to uh, stream a couple late tight ends? Are you excited about him this week against the Rams? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start Cooper and Gallup for now. Cooper is kind of banged up. So if Cooper leaves, obviously you lock in CD. Um, the, the tight end matchups on both sides are fantastic. So lock in Jarwin. Uh, I'm just going to say lock in Higby. Uh, I, I can't I – got, I got to see a couple of weeks first of how this is used to actually evaluate. I mean, frankly, we don't know if they're going to run 12 personnel, 11 personnel, 10 personnel by drafting Von Jefferson. So we, I, you, you just got to stick with the top end guys of Cup, Woods, Higby, uh, Goff in this matchup is perfect. They're going to – these two teams were like top five in pace last year. It's going to be – I don't want to say a high-scoring game, but a high-tempo game uh, for these guys. Uh, both have good field goal kickers, meaning that uh, that's why I didn't say high-scoring because their defenses are subpar. So they'll, they'll get chances to score. We'll see if they can convert. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think these going against Dallas Cowboys, I guess, both these defenses are very exploitable on both sides. Um, outside of Ramsey, you virtually have no corners that are worth – anything more than league average losing clay matthews hurts their linebacking cores on both sides are i guess good but relatively we're going to see how they do and then uh the the rams had the number one pass blocking line last year surprisingly so that should eliminate some of the um some of the the hype that this front seven of the dallas cowboys is getting but start your man guys keep an eye on cd lamb if cooper does go down but there's not much else besides the, the main core, I would say. Like that. Let's jump over to the Rams running back core really quick, man. Um, Akers getting a lot of help, or, or I should say hype. Uh, but, you know, Darrell Henderson looks a little bit banged up. Malcolm Brown, um, are you confident enough to start uh, another rookie at running back? Mm, I, it sounds like it's going to be more of a 50-50 split than we want it to, between, to be between Brown and Akers because I think Henderson's not going to play. Uh, you still got to start Acres. If he was probably your fourth or fifth round pick, you, you got to lock him in. Um, don't don't start Brown. I know we had two touchdowns week one, but just because it's going to be 50-50 doesn't mean you want to start both of them. Uh, so lock in Acres to flex play this week, maybe an RB two. I think it'll. I think it's, this game will be a high pace enough for players to for a lot of fantasy points to go around. We know that Dallas is going to put up points. Is Jared Goff worth a streamer in single quarterback leagues? Oh yeah, I, I think he is. I think. Yeah, I would say this game higher. Yeah, I, I mean the splits at home are always great for him, but I think just regardless, you just gotta just gotta roll with it in a game that should be um, fantasy point sort of goldmine in a way. Dig it. 
All right, fire up everybody for the Dallas and the Rams game on Sunday Night Football. Let's jump into the first of two Monday night games. Before we do that, I want to give a quick shout-out again to everybody tuning in and listening. If you're new to the program, this is the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Sky Guasco, with my man, Lucas Kaser. We have our boy, Dwayne Lynn, a.k.a. Dwee's Nuts, on Twitter. Coming in on Tuesdays, we also have Chris Benavides and a variety of crew members over there at the Commish FFP. They come in on Fridays with us to recap and preview uh, the week before and the week coming up for the TCK Pod Listener League times two this year. So we do have a handful of guests coming in on the program. And of course, we'll have a few guys coming in as well uh, throughout the season. So if you're just joining us, please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Shoot us a DM with any start sit questions. And we're going to be bringing that into a uh, late week mailbag starting next week. We'll be doing that on this episode on Thursdays. We'll be doing a listener mailbag of maybe five, 10 questions or so uh, to try to help out some of our listeners and our followers. You can of course give us a rate and review right here on the podcast, wherever you're listening. And we much appreciate that. Also, we do have a draft guide and much more information such as our rankings uh, and um, multiple articles, stat rat articles, and many other things available at tckpod.com. All right, let's get into the last two games of the week. This is the Monday night doubleheader. First up, Pittsburgh Steelers at New York Giants. Big Ben returning after a gruesome injury last year. Gets that surgery. He looks good. Lost some weight. Cut his hair. Looks good. Seems to be making all the right passes. Juju Smith-Schuster looking to bounce back. James Conner's healthy. Deontay Johnson has a ton of hype. A little bit banged up in the preseason, but he looks okay. We have a lot of options there for Pittsburgh per usual. They're looking to bounce back to you know a top five offense as they were just two years ago. On the other side, we have... The New York Giants, we have Daniel Jones, great, I think, young prospect in general for football, certainly for fantasy football. Saquon Barkley, of course, is automatic. Then you have a plethora of these receivers plus Evan Ingram. So a lot of talent here again. And uh, I do want to throw out when I'm able to, I do want to give a shout out to the DSTs. And this Pittsburgh defense had three all pros on it last year. Um, So I do want to make mention of the uh, Pittsburgh DST. If somehow they weren't drafted or if you are maybe thinking about them and somebody else, uh, I think you can fire them up with confidence. So how do you feel about this Pittsburgh offense getting revamped? And then let's move on to the Giants. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers are going to shred this game. Uh, You start Big Ben, you start James Conner, you start Juju. Um, I I hope you – I don't know. I, I guess I, I'm going to say you can start all three receivers because I know people know how I feel about their receivers. Um, we'll kind of – Deontay Johnson's going to play more snaps just because Judy's going to go back to the slot. But I think this team's going to run a lot of 11 personnel, meaning they're all three going to be out there. So I'm more so worried about who Big Ben actually targets. And granted, this is going to be the only game on TV at the time, so we're going to have a lot of time to actually look and see how this offense is flowing. Uh, but, but this offense, if they – I don't think it's bold to say they're top five when they're all healthy. I, th- I think it's very easy to say. I'm excited to see Big Ben come back. We've been kind of hyping him up all year. That Tommy John surgery, the only one ever in NFL history um, in the in the like database, you could say, of all NFL injuries. Uh, he's going to come back. He's ready to shred. They're ready to give the, the Ravens a uh, run for their money in the division. Um, so start them all up. Ebron is kind of on the, the, the fringe of – streamability I guess you could say um so if you have to yes I think he's more of a touchdown candidate really if anything um but on the other side uh this is what we talked about with Daniel Jones and this the schedule they start right away in week one when you gotta decide um I mean do what you will with Daniel Jones I guess but if you still are listening to us and you value our advice you probably won't have him on your team uh 
but I can't envision a decent game for him unless he took this miraculous jump. The so line got a ton better, and I guess the receivers are now going to destroy these one-on-one matchups they're going to have with these corners. Uh, you got to start Saquon. I, I don't even want to say you have to start any of these receivers because I frankly don't know who I would start in what situation. Uh, because this is the, it, it really just reminds me of like the Bill Steelers game last year where like there's a lot of players that we have to decide on every week. And frankly, when you think one of them should be good, none of them are good. This kind of reminds me of a situation like that. So I, I, do you have a preference at any of the receivers? I, I guess I really don't know this week. In game one, it'd probably be Sterling Shepard just on volume. We know that uh, we know that Darius Slayton's good for you know a forty-yard touchdown potentially on a blown coverage. But this secondary, this Pittsburgh defense in general is straight up one of the best in the league uh, at the at the offense or defensive line, the um, back seven as well. I just think that they're they're dominant, and um, I think they're going to give Daniel Jones a lot of trouble. I think they're going to you know Saquon Barkley could get ninety-five yards and be considered stuffed. Um, I think they're going to contain Saquon Barkley, and I think they're going to run him as well. Uh, if there was one wide receiver I had to pick, it'd probably be Sterling Shepard week one. Um, I want to hear how you feel about Evan Ingram, because I think he's somebody that is kind of a polarizing pick in fantasy football. A lot of people like myself, no matter the value I was getting on him, I mean, it was like the 10th round in some drafts, and he was still around, and I could not get myself to pull the trigger on a potentially top five talented tight end. I just couldn't do it. Other people were thrilled to get him in the fifth round. So what do we see from a healthy Evan Ingram? Well, you see a matchup against hypothetically TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, you have to start him. You, you can't sit him. No matter what round you got, you have to start this guy. He's going to be fine enough to get you a tight end one, probably back end from like the eight to 12 range performance. Obviously everyone's like, oh my gosh, let's lock him in then. But obviously we know that the variability, I guess you could say, or the range from after the top five plays of the week, it's who cares who, who is six through 12. Um, I'm interested, though, because obviously this is a Jason Garrett offense. I, like I said, this, this is a week where I'm probably going to have to go back on Game Pass and watch many games. Or, I mean, even though I'm going to be watching all the games on Sunday, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch a lot of this just to figure out really what the hell happened. I because. Yeah, I, like I said, this is definitely we're, we're basically taking four weeks of preseason knowledge, shoving it into already a fifth week, which would have been which is now week one. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Like it. All right, man. Let's move on to the final game of the slate. We have the Tennessee Titans coming up against your Denver Broncos at home in Denver at Mile High Stadium. Tennessee again, last year's miracle story. Marcus Mariota, my guy, couldn't get it done injuries, lackluster performance, whatever it was, ends up getting benched, loses his job to Ryan Tannehill. The rest is history. They were one of the most efficient offenses and the most efficient quarterback down the stretch. Derrick Henry, of course, became Derrick Henry once again in the second half of the season, drove them past the Patriots, drove them over the Ravens, almost beat up on the Chiefs, but they got upended there uh, just short of the Super Bowl. A lot of people expect a lot of regression from the Titans in general. That starts with Ryan Tannehill, of course, and Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown, of course, had, I think, the most um, yards per reception last year as a rookie. Not a lot of options in Tennessee in general, but I think those are three quality ones. And then on the other side for Denver, that defense, which was once you know one of the best we've ever seen, uh, when they were running Super Bowls, has really been beat up. I know you lost come at some of your guys. I'll let you talk about. Um, but on the offensive side, a lot of kind of young talent 
And we'll see, man. This Tennessee defense is legit, too. So what are we going to get out of Drew Locke? A lot of hype, especially in super flex leagues. Um, Jerry Judy, of course, coming in. Cortland Sutton coming into his own last year. They bring in Melvin Gordon. They still have Philip Lindsay. What are we going to do with Noah Fant or maybe Albert O, who takes some of that work away from him as well? I think there's a lot of um, Derrick Henry's automatic. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton's automatic. A.J. Brown's automatic. But there's a lot of other question marks in this game overall here. How do you feel about these teams on offense? And potentially, how do you feel about these defenses? Yeah, so obviously, uh, everyone listening knows that the, the Von Miller injury is not great. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, I mean, obviously, I'm disappointed. But, like, everyone knows that I'm not, like, sitting here saying my team was going to win the Super Bowl. I got a bunch of texts when it happened. And I'm like, okay, like, moving on, I guess. Like, <laughs> like I mean, I'm not going to say, like, it doesn't adjust my expectations for this team. But in reality, it really doesn't um, in a way. So we'll, we'll just kind of play it by ear. I, I texted you yesterday. I'm hoping Clay Matthews or Suggs comes knocking. Uh, I, I don't know. I highly doubt it because, like, we're not a contender per se, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, the defenses are good on both sides, but I think it's more of a overall defense is good, but there is matchups to exploit. Um, and you got to start Derrick Henry. you got to start Melvin Gordon. Lindsey, I would just hold off, but I'm rooting for my man Lindsey there. Uh, the, the true starting running back of this team. Um, d- d- don't don't play lock. I, I don't think there's supposed to be snow, but it's supposed to like snow this weekend in Denver. So <laughs> let's keep an eye on that. It was like 90 on Tuesday there and apparently it's supposed to snow this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> very interesting there. Um, Sutton is a really good matchup if he goes against Malcolm Butler this week. Um, very, very good matchup. So I'm excited for him. Uh, starting with Fant, Albert No, I think, is the third string tight end as of now because I do have Nick Finette, but he said she'll get some reps. Uh, KJ Hamler, I think, is still up in the air with whether he's playing or not. Um, so we'll kind of have to re, re go back on that. I, I guess Sunday, even though the game is Monday, we will, I don't think we'll be playing him, but that might just raise Colton Sutton or Noah Fant up some more. Um, AJ Brown and Johnny Smith, I think you start them both. Besides that, it's kind of like a, I don't want to say like a dud of a, game per se but it's just kind of like a start the guys that you probably thought you would have started no matter the matchup and then just kind of leave it at that I totally agree and Jonathan Smith's one of my favorite late round streamers I ended up punting tight end if I didn't get Kelsey or Kittle in pretty much every single draft I ended up waiting and I ended up getting Jarwin and Johnny with the last two of my three or four picks and I feel pretty good about that so far obviously it's a streamer but every year we have a Darren Waller and a uh, Mark Andrews and I think those two guys could potentially be it all right, man. I agree. Let's get into our pickums really quick, and uh, we'll jump out of here, and we'll get into uh, man the first game of the season. I'm so so pumped, and we'll get into our TCK preview next uh, next episode tomorrow with Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP. All right, Lucas. We went through the morning games yesterday. Those nine have already been done. Let's get into the afternoon games and the night games. Let's start with tonight's game. We'll go with our pickums. Houston Texans at Kansas City, straight up, no lines, no Vegas odds, straight up who's winning the game, Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I'm going the Chiefs, but, you know, I would not be disappointed if a fellow AFC West team got a got a L today, relatively. It's going to be interesting, man. I, I think the Chiefs win it. Just be, We hear a lot about the uh, Super Bowl hangover and, and all these things. Uh, every Super Bowl winning team looks good coming back the next season but we've seen too many instances of the Raiders, the Buccaneers, uh, the, the Broncos, unfortunately, the Seattle Seahawks on occasion, the, um, uh, the Rams a couple of years ago, the Falcons. 
the 49ers, we'll see what they do this year. They come out a little bit flat. They're either too cocky or they come out disappointed. I think the Chiefs are legit, and that starts with Andy Reid, starts with Patrick Mahomes. I think they're just fine. I think they're going to run them. I don't think it's going to be close, but I would love to see a competitive game here. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Let's start with the afternoon games here, the Chargers at Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chargers here. I just think it's going to be I, – I don't have enough confidence to take a rookie quarterback against the top five secondary. Uh, that's kind of, I guess, really the only decision there. I agree with you. And I think if this game was played later on in the season, I might lean toward the Bengals at home if I saw what I think will happen eventually. But week one, rookie quarterback, I think you're right. I think Tyrod Taylor's good enough not to be bad. He's not going to lose the game for him. And I just think this defense is, uh, is too much for, uh, for the Bengals off, off top. But again, just like you would like to see Houston upset the Chiefs, I would love to see this game end up in Cincinnati's hands, but I'm not sure it does week one. So I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. Next up, we have Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, the Saints are, like, historically bad on week one. Uh, last year they so won. It took, it took, like, a last second. It, it took a terrible – I remember this game because this was, like, a thing where I was just rooting against – not really rooting against the Saints, but I had to pick them, so all, that, all that stuff. And it was the only game on TV, and the, the Texans blew it and let the Saints drive down the field. So I'm, I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. I – Tampa Bay, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I think these teams are more of a corn flip than people think, and I think the spread is like three and a half right now. So I'll, I'll, take, uh, I'll take the coin flip odds uh, and play the trend of the fading the Saints in week one. I had, this, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers until we got the news of Mike Evans. I really do think that's a problem. Even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. We see year after year after year a guy come up with a hammy. Even if he plays every game, even if he's at 90%, he's not at 100%. And Tom Brady is going to know that. And if he looks off a little bit, he'll use him as a decoy and go elsewhere. This is not Jameis Winston who's going to force feed Mike Evans 15 targets. It's just not going to happen if he's not able to do it. I don't think Mike Evans is a bust. I don't think he's a wash. I don't think he's going to lose the season by any means. This particular week, this is a huge game, obviously, in this division. This might be for first place in week one, quite literally. Uh, yeah. I, think this, I, think the Saints, I think the Saints come out. They know what's on the line. Just as much as Brady's at the end of his line, so is Tom uh, uh, um, Tom Brees, uh, Drew Brees. And I think that the, the Saints come out ready to go. Uh, I like the Saints defense a little bit better at home. I'm actually going to lean the Saints now uh, over the uh, Buccaneers. All right, let's go Arizona Cardinals at San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, like I said, I bet the Cardinals plus seven, but I think San Francisco edges them. But I, this game obviously won't be game of the week, um, but I do have Sunday tickets. So I'll definitely be uh, triple, triple boxing the, all three of these games on at once. Um, I, I think it's kind of a fun – it's a fun little three-game slate when normally these are duds, I think. I think there's kind of all aspects to all these games that make it interesting to watch. I totally agree. And I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to see what the Niners can bring after that uh, disappointing defeat um, in the Super Bowl. And, again, if this was in Arizona, I think it would be a little bit closer. But first game, coming after the Super Bowl, these guys are you know have a chip on their shoulder, good vibes. Everybody's healthy for the most part now after a pretty shaky offseason in wide receiver core. And I just think if the, if, the, if the Cardinals can't stop the run like we saw the Packers do last year, it's not going to be a shootout. The Niners are going to control 80% of this clock and win the game 24-17. I think the Niners don't blow them out by any means, but I do think uh, they get the W at home week one. Sunday night football, Dallas Cowboys, LA Rams. I put Dallas, but I did tell you before, I'm kind of waiting for people to move this Dallas line up so I can go take the Rams. I, 
I don't know. I, I think this is another game where it should be a coin flip, and it's Dallas is pretty, favored pretty hefty um, on the road too. So that, that would imply they're favored by an extra like two and a half per se. So I, I like I like the Rams. I like the Dallas side of this though, but I'm going to end up taking the Dallas Cowboys here. I'm going to go with the Rams. It's at home. I just for some reason they do. This is a bad pick for me. Straight up, it's a gut call that the Rams just get one at home. They have no business being on the field with Dallas Cowboys, to be honest with you. <laughs> and if, if Dallas wins this game by three touchdowns, I'm happy to eat it. I just have a gut feeling for some reason that under the lights, first game of the season, at home, huge game for for the Rams. And if uh, if Dallas comes out with unnecessary chip on their shoulder without proven shit because they're hyped up or whatever, like if they glitch, I really do think the Rams could could uh, play well if they can, if they can run the ball a little bit and stop Zeke somehow. So – I do like the Rams here, and uh, I think it may be a field goal game, but I'll take the Rams. Let's go into Monday Night Football here, and we'll get out of here. Pittsburgh Steelers, New York Giants. Man, Steelers, this line has moved a lot, meaning that people are agreeing that I think Steelers run run this team. I think the Steelers are going to run them as well, even on the road. Big Ben on the road, traditionally not as good, but this is a huge game for him, for his ego, a huge game for him, for um, I think just his general kind of uh, – um, you know, status as an NFL quarterback still coming in, pushing 40 years old like the, like a lot of these other guys, but coming off a huge injury that lost his season. He said he's been injured, basically throwing hurt for 13 to 14 years. Feels better than he's ever felt really in his career now. Um, Juju's healthy. James Conner's healthy. This defense is incredible. I think, again, it's probably a touchdown, maybe 10 points, but I do think Pittsburgh gets the win uh, on the road. Last up, Tennessee Titans, Denver Broncos. And I, I got to take the Broncos. I still – I like I said, I, I think obviously Von Miller hurts, but it's not like we were going to be like sacking a team that doesn't throw the ball, I guess, relatively. <laughs> um, so really it's a stop, stop Derrick Henry. Uh, let Tannehill have his 10 passing attempts, and then uh, we'll go from there. I like it. I'm going to take Tennessee. I think this defense just can smash up a little bit on uh, – I think that first of all, I think they can stop the run, um, and I, I think that they can, uh, they can temper – uh, Drew Locke potentially in, in, in week one. Now it is in Denver, so I do think they get an advantage there. But again, without that pass rush, I, I know that your boy Bradley Chubb's a little bit banged up as well. I mean, I think that's going to be a, a big deficit. And if, if Derrick Henry can actually get control of this game, um, I think it's going to be ugly early. So I'm going to take Tennessee in this one. All right, folks, that wraps up the afternoon and the evening games for the first week of the NFL season. Enjoy the first official football game of the 2020 season. We have made it. Congratulations, Houston Texans at Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up in just a few hours, congratulations. You have made it through a number of storms. Uh, I wish everybody well. Again, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, health hazards and concerns, natural disasters going on around the country uh, of various sorts. Um, I wish everybody health and wellness. Take care of yourself and each other. And uh, come visit us tomorrow as we check in with our East Coast brother, Chris Benavides and the Commish FFP, breaking down and previewing the two leagues of the TCK pod listener league. Tune into that tomorrow. Check it out. See how we feel about your teams and the draft recaps. And we will get into the first weekend. Also, as Lucas mentioned, check us out an hour before kickoff on YouTube. We'll be at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast live channel on YouTube. will be live one hour before kickoff. Send in early. DM us your Q and uh, your start sick questions, or let us know quickly on there. We'll get to as many questions as we possibly can, but we want to make sure uh, you are in that chat as early as possible so we can get to all those questions. So, Lucas, always a pleasure, man. We have made it through week one. Very excited. What is your plan very quickly for this weekend? Are you trying to crush out every single game? Do you have particular games you're looking at? 
Are you going to be hunkered down in the basement? What's your style here for week one? Well, I was going to get red zone and then I was informed that Sunday ticket is only $25 a month for college students. So I pivoted to that. Boom. Uh, I have, I have three, <laughs> three TVs going. Well, Attaboy. obviously not right now. Cause like, yeah, not, I'm not crazy. I don't actually have three TVs going all the time, uh, but I'll have all the games split up on those. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to try to not go insane when a bunch of random things happen all the time. I'll probably, yeah. probably smoke some, some pork uh, shoulder there too, but that's really, really about it. Just, just football. I mean, the, the last time we've had a full slate of games that think about this, this was back in like what December, like mm-hmm. that's, it's, it's so crazy. That was that long ago that we finally get football. And we have not seen anything outside of shorts and shoulder pads pretty much uh, since the Super Bowl. So I'm very excited as well, man. Lucas has been a real pleasure breaking down another crazy um preseason but we've made it through man i think the hard part's over (laughs) we can kind of kick back and enjoy the season now and break it down as it comes to us everybody enjoy the game tonight houston texans at kansas city chiefs tell a friend about our podcast uh the tck pod candlestick kids fantasy football podcast find us on instagram fantasy football underscore tck pod and on twitter at tck underscore pod and go find us at tckpod.com we appreciate y'all be safe to yourself enjoy the game tonight and we'll catch you tomorrow On the TCK pod for Lucas Kaser, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.